Hi everyone and welcome to Over the Rainbow Show with your host Bob Brown on Friday the 2nd of September at 3pm Eastern Time, 12 o'clock Pacific Time and 8pm UK Time to all the listeners from around the world. You can go to Beacon Love Light Radio chat on Facebook or you can Skype me at Beacon Light Radio <clears throat> where we've got a wonderful guest on my show today. Uh, last time she was on was 2018. Uh, her name is Laurie McDonald. Um, she's an hypnotherapist. She does regression. She's a member of MUFON, Mutual UFO Network. And uh, she's the president of Opus Organization, the Paranormal Understandings and Support. Can we please welcome Laurie to the show? Hello there. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's it's so long ago. It's so it's so nice to get you back on the show. Well, you talk about be... how long you've been doing hypnotherapist? Oh, since nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, oh, that's a long time. When we talk <laughs> about, you know, I know you've been yeah, you're into uh aliens and all the ETs and all being abducted. Uh, when you talk about being abducted, who are the abductees to us and, and what races are they? Well, the abductors uh, generally tend to be tall greys, uh, short greys, two different types of reptilians. We often see both humans and mantis beings involved in abduction. So there's what's called a military laboratory or my lab abduction. And this is when the witnesses report uh, seeing either some form of a military. Generally, they feel like it's army, although they can't definitively say uh, but humans are involved too. So, and anyone really <laughs> can experience some form of interaction, whether it's an abduction, you know, taken against one's will, or another form of face to face, eye to eye contact with a non human being. But when you talk about that, who's being abducted then? Well, are they, are they anybody special or could it be anybody? Well, interestingly, sometimes people do think they're very special uh, because they've been abducted. However, I feel that that's a mass and gross uh, manipulation of the subject. I think that they're led to believe that they're special as if one person's DNA could save an entire alien race. And this is the message that they give to them. Here's the truth. Aliens lie. Anyone that comes and takes somebody against their will in their home, taking them out of their home and doing any form of experimentation, whether it's the harvesting of genetics or psychological fear-based experiments, it's a gross violation of fundamental universal human rights. And so when we do see the last count, I believe around 2015, 200 million people worldwide have reported some form of extraterrestrial or interdimensional contact. These are the numbers that are reported. Now, the people who have experiences that don't report them, I would imagine are 
equally high. So anyone can be taken, but during the Eisenhower administration, it's said that the tall whites and possibly grays both had arrangements with uh, the former president, Dwight Eisenhower. Yeah. In exchange for technology, technology, at the time may have been fiber optics, they were allowed to abduct 250,000 GIs, generally enlisted military men and women. However, the extraterrestrials continued to abduct family members because it's reported that ETs live between 900 and 1100 years old. It makes sense that their scientists would have one abductee you know, from the 40s and then abduct different members of their family to date as they're following both genetics and a bloodline. They're looking for specific things. I think that sometimes extraterrestrials are very interested in people who exhibit some form of psychism, whether it's as simple as uh, being highly sensitive or empathetic or intuitive to a certain degree. Mm. This interests them as their primary form of communication is telepathy. Uh, well, I know by reading things, uh, there's something like 60,000 people go missing in, in America every year. Yeah, I'm sure that number is far higher. Probably now it is, yeah, from all them years ago. But they just people just disappear. Is it because um, aliens are involved? Or is it just people just disappear into the wilderness? Well, I mean, are you familiar with uh, David Plotty is missing? Yeah. Right. Okay, so those particular numbers that David is using are not numbers um, in conjunction that would be in other reporting agencies. These are separate numbers. So they're on top of other reports that are outside of national or federal land. People who go reported or missing on federal land don't necessarily have to be reported to any specific agency, say like their local police or hometown filing a missing report. They don't do any of that. They don't do any follow-up because it's federal land. They handle it. They keep it to themselves. So it's a very unusual protocol that they would use for anyone missing because one would think that the objective is to do mass reporting to, you know, to help the person be found and keeping that information in a solo reporting agency certainly wouldn't do that. Taken. Sure. Um, it's happened. We see in the Southwest of the United States in the, uh, state of New Mexico, there was at one time a indigenous people there by the name of Anasazis. And the Anasazi were cliff dwellers, and they were a, an indigenous people's tribe that stated they came from the stars, and that one day they would return. And actually, one day, the entire tribe, which was very sophisticated in government and uh, resources and supporting the tribe, the entire tribe disappeared. 
with precious turquoise stones and turkey feathers and food and cooking pots hanging over fires. Everything was gone. And they would not have left animal skins that they used to sleep on and so forth. So it's quite um, remarkable. But all along, one of the positions within the tribe was the female position entitled She Who Remembers. She Who Remembers holds the creation story of the people and every night would tell them the story always ended, that one day they would go back to the stars. Now we can leave that up to interpretation if that mm. one day is on the of the soul or on one or the being, I mean, or as in one day they all go, which from all reports, that's what happened. So people go missing and have been for a long time, Erica. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about the, the MyLab abductions? So my lab, like I said, is a military laboratory abduction. And this is when a person, generally a person who has already had experiences with extraterrestrials, is abducted by the military, brought to a military lab where they're assessed for anything that happened during the abduction with the extraterrestrials. They're basically re-abducted and they're scanned. And also sometimes, like I said, in many times, people say that even though they know they're here, they're on some type of base, they feel. They think that um, army personnel and extraterrestrials are both there. Army and people in lab coats too, that comes up quite a bit. You know, uh, when when you talk about how did you get involved with, with doing all this then? Well, I didn't mean to. Uh, but um, on my final exam uh, to become a clinical hypnotherapist, I had to be uh, judged by a panel of four. And the goal of the test was to hypnotize a subject, regress them to a place that they needed to find something or do something, mm-hmm. at, whether behavioral modification or whatever. And in this case, the guy was looking for some suppressed creative energy that he sensed but couldn't find. During my testing, I had him under. I was proceeding with the session, and he spontaneously regressed to a younger child to the age of around 10 Now, all of a sudden, he's saying he's out camping with the family. Him and his brother scurried off to go exploring, and they climbed up a hill, and there they saw a UFO just landing. They watched and watched. They saw beings come out. When I began to question, when I first asked him the first question about the description of the beings, In the room where I was doing the test, above the subject's face appeared like a softball size of, looked like a little sphere of light, like a ball of light, scanned down his body and disappeared. I turned my head to the judges, like, did you guys see that? And uh, two of the judges were like, mouth wide open, jaws dropped, but indicating me with their hands to continue as I do have a subject under. And um, I did continue my questioning and he 
he was like, what? No, I'm, you know, he was back looking for some, you know, hidden creative energy again and without any recollection of what he had just said. And I got a reputation sort of right there before I even got out of school, <laughs> um, the alien or UFO stuff. And it's sort of snowballed since then where I do treat people not only abductees, but contactees, which is a certainly a different energy yeah. all around the world, all around the world. You find it, you know, there must be sometimes when you're uh, doing uh, regression, some people just can't go under. Uh, uh, has it ever happened to you? I've had to, to work harder to get other people to feel more relaxed so that they can let go enough to go mm -hmm. under. But he's capable of being hypnotized. But if their fear or insecurity overrides their desire to be hypnotized, then they simply won't be. But I people are hypnotized. Good background knowledge of hypnosis and how it works. Their knowledge usually comes from stage hypnosis or something that they've seen on TV. And that's not how a hypnotherapy session works. So, you know, being able to alleviate uh, some of that fear and remind the subject at mm -hmm. will. And those are post-hypnotic suggestion, or I'm sorry, pre-hypnotic suggestions that to, you know, allow them to remember that if things get a little too scary, they can pull themselves out. But in order to ensure that things don't get scary, there are protocols in regressing someone to create a distance. So they're not soul here. The goal is to explore the experience, to gain more insight or more information for a higher understanding. So we create distance so they can observe and review. Actually, when they do that, they, they are able to gain uh, a lot more information or or once well, the fears drills or interdimensional beings good or bad uh well both good and bad are conceptualized ideas created by man and so bad is relevant as so is good what they are perhaps is self-serving where they don't care about us and that doesn't make them bad. It makes them self-serving. They look at us much like we look at sheep or cattle right. and they're an animal and we tag them, track them, monitor their growth and they do something similar like that to us. So is that wrong to take us without our consent, without our expressed permission? Yes, they are violating our human rights, but that doesn't make them evil. So as the human race becomes more healed, more empowered and understanding the true self, the authentic self, perhaps even the spiritual self, they'll begin to see the multidimensional aspect of the human, which will will then be able to allow us to understand our place, not only on the planet, but in the universe. We sort of have to expand 
our reality, expand our consciousness to encompass a much larger space. And space is what we're talking about. We're not on the ground. We're floating, (laughs) spinning in space in conjunction with other planetary and celestial bodies under specific fields of energy that create a third dimensional reality. So we have to expand into that larger thinking so that we become more equal to the extraterrestrials as opposed to something that can, someone that can be manipulated and taken advantage of. And that's where we are. And when I say empowered, I don't mean this in a way that maybe some people may interpret as powerful, as in a fighting force. To be truly empowered means that you're able to practice equanimity, to be calm, to be relaxed, to think clearly among chaos, and to have your own beliefs without having to force those beliefs on another. A truly empowered person is not affected whether somebody believes them or doesn't believe them, has nothing to do with them. That's the other person's belief. But because humans try very hard to force their religion or their culture or their societies down the throats of others, it creates conflict and war. It creates feelings of superiority and feelings of being inferior. Those are all disempowered feelings, but true empowerment is balanced and calm and we can all play in the same sandbox, whether you pray to whoever you want, doesn't matter, it shouldn't matter. But until we can get to that place, we'll be in a continuous stage of war. But What's very important right now, more than any other time in the history of our societies, Mm. is we are now living in what the Hindus and other great philosophers say is the age of confluence. And the age of confluence is a, a transitional time. It's when the Earth's population is going to hit 10 billion We should hit that somewhere in the 2040s, maybe the early 2050s, if they quit trying to kill us with pandemics and chemtrails and medically modified foods and all the other stuff. When we hit the 10 billion mark, it creates a very specific quanta of energy propagating a natural evolutionary step in the humans. We've been continuously evolving. Our next evolutionary step comes when we hit that 10 billion mark. And I don't think that we're going to grow extra long fingers for easier texting. I believe that the pineal sheath will be dissolved because we can project in the cosmology of the universe where the earth will be. We can see what cosmic energies will be receiving. We will be closer to the sun in a way that illuminates the earth and i think that the sheath over the pineal gland that is a calcification of environmental issues and other things will dissolve opening the humans to their innate ability of telepathic communication and i do believe that we were all 
telepathic prior to the Tower of Babylon. As we see then in, in our bibliography, our historic account, that many tribes and races came to Babylon building this tower to reach the gods, and they communicated among each other effortlessly, and they worked with each other easily, and the gods saw this and were concerned. So they came and they sent those people hundreds of years backwards by sending them to the far east and west to redevelop language. And language then developed in a way that uh, we speak today, although we went for a very long time with, um, I believe there are 7,000 languages currently on the planet Earth, uh, three to 5,000 of those accompanied by the written word. And so language is, is very important. And I think that telepathy is sort of our next evolutionary step. So it'll allow us, you know, sort of our own worldwide web within our own minds without technology. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you there as well, yeah. Do you think we're, we're any part of ET ourselves then? Uh, Could you repeat your question? Right. Uh, do you think we are part ET? Oh, absolutely. Um, there's no doubt about it. Uh, the first blue-eyed person was born on our planet around 12,000 years ago. This would have been the time when the Anunnaki came. This would have been during Babylonian, Sumerian, Mesopotamian time. Their hybridization was in the old-fashioned way, <laughs> and the first blue-eyed person was born. Scientists today will tell you one thing. All blue-eyed people are related. It is true. We carry the same genes. We are related. And that um, they'll tell you that blue eyes are a genetic uh, mutation, but I'll tell you that it's a genetic manipulation through the hybridization because the indigenous people of the planet Earth are varying shades of dark brown, brown skin, brown eyes. Those are the indigenous people of the planet Earth. The influx of green and blue eyes and blonde and red hair mm. came from the Anunnaki. So the human beings are told we carry what they consider junk DNA. And listen, <laughs> we have no spare parts. There's no junk DNA. Those are DNA. Those are extraterrestrial strands of DNA. And we carry those. There are genetic markers to that. Um, the ancient royals used to check people's toes to see if their second toe was longer than their big toe. And that would have been an indicator of Anunnaki genetics. Now they call they then they called it a royal toe for a very long time. In modern times, they've referred to it now as a Morton's toe. But uh, it's very interesting. So. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Are, you know, when we talk about ETs, how many ET races are visiting the planet? 
Well, five for sure that are the abductor races, but uh, outside of that, there are other types of visitation that are sort of like energetic beings. They're beautiful, um, sometimes in hues of brilliant violet, uh, sometimes just in pure white light, uh, but they do take on the silhouette of a human. And I think they do that just to make us a little bit more comfortable. And it's very difficult to say what these beings are. They seem to be filled with unconditional love that they can imbue upon the psyche of anyone in their presence. And they're guiding in a way with, but they ask your permission. They'll ask you, do you want to see, do you, are you afraid? You know, they'll ask for permission and then they'll show you things. (laughs) And that's more my experience. Um, And so for two years out of my research, I did try to figure out if it was an angelic or extraterrestrial experience. And at the end of that time, I came to the conclusion that it didn't matter because anything that wasn't from the terrestrial aspect of Earth is extraterrestrial. And by definition, every angels fall under extraterrestrial as well. So, yeah. But what I have learned from experiences like that, they do bring me to understanding certain things that I've never learned in school or they did teach me a fourth dimension, fourth and fifth dimensional consciousness, thinking and awareness. They taught me things like definition of the word human. That wasn't people. And it didn't mean races (laughs) that um, the word hue is a word we use to measure the saturation of light or absorption. And that man came from the word manifestation to come into the physical or to be embodied. And that the word human means light embodiment and race and gender would be subcategories of that definition. And so the teaching is when you know what you are, a light embodied being, you understand now an expanded consciousness of uh, ascension or soul development or learning and we begin to look at the universe or the earth herself in perhaps a slightly different way we can see the higher potential of the people and so it's again very important during the age of confluence that people from all around stand up and begin to speak a new truth and begin to engage in the higher frequency emotional energy such as uh, compassion and forgiveness true mercy pity and understanding and that we can let go of things like we don't have enough (laughs) you know the truth is we're all born good enough we're going to have enough time we're going to have enough money we're going to have enough energy enough sleep enough food we are enough and when the internal self understands that we are enough we can relax in the external world and begin to move into a more loving compassionate energy and i do believe 
that we'll probably get it right this time. I think that there are many great consciousness and master teachers of spiritual understandings that can allow us to see our value and how incredibly beautiful and powerful the human co-creation can be. So understanding I'd like to say that as well about does interaction affect us or our consciousness then? Oh, it, yeah, <laughs> it does. Um, absolutely, because it's simply base level here challenges your reality. And once your reality is challenged, are they there? Is this real? You begin to expand your consciousness into a higher understanding. You begin to investigate the universe in which you live. <laughs> so, yeah, it changes us. Um, you know, at first it's a little shaky. You know, the belief system gets uh, rattled and we get thrown off a bit, but it's okay. You've got to break a few eggs to make an omelet and we'll go through the confusion until we sort things out. But there is that higher way out. It's called healing. <laughs> we, we can heal from negative um, abduction or we can heal really from anything. When we begin to understand uh, there's a difference between, say, fate and destiny, fate or the things, circumstances of your life or things that happen to you outside of your will or your power, but we all have a destiny. We have, we're all destined to towards human attainment, to being our highest human, to reach that human attainment so that we can elevate uh, the earth. The next earth, we call this earth Gaia. The next one has already been seen, that next evolutionary step. The earth's new name will be Arya. Um, it's, I can't recall the source where I got that information, but Arya is what the next earth will be called. Now her name is Gaia. <laughs> but so it does expand our consciousness, but really it allows us to see what we really are. So the, the whole interaction with the extraterrestrials, good, bad, indifferent, what it does do is it opens you to be challenged, to learn more, to expand your belief system, and to perhaps begin to incorporate the existence of non-human beings. And in doing so, you are expanding your consciousness. But can we do anything about it then? Like what? <laughs> I mean, exactly. Can we, you know, through consciousness, um, do you think more people are getting involved now over the years? And uh, I mean, one of the things that we can do actually is self develop, okay? And to meditate and begin to learn the aspects of the mind body connection, the spiritual catalyst. We can, we can begin to propagate that consciousness expansion by understanding what we are. Uh, we're living, though, in a very externalized world where everything is outside of the self. It's about, um, you know, making money and getting an education and having a fancy house and car all outside of the self. The internal energies of understanding the mind-body connection 
the ability to control the body because the mind controls the body and the body obeys, but that's not being taught in kindergarten. It certainly should be. So should meditation. These things allow the development of the true self, but understanding the self and accepting it, that's what makes the change because you cannot change what you cannot accept. So people have to look at themselves, look at their place in the world and in the universe and just accept it for exactly what it is, the good and the bad, embrace it and then begin to develop. There's a protocol. In fact, I'm writing my second book now, and it's called Five Steps to Personal Empowerment and Self-Actualization, uh, how to move through those energies to elevate the self and expand the consciousness to understand your own personal truth. So we're just um, hoping to finish that by the end of the year. Probably will take longer because I'm always busy, but um, that's, you know, I'm at least trying to create an easy protocol for people to see. And um, I do I'm use it in say that as well. Through consciousness, can we interact with aliens then? Absolutely. Uh, because through our consciousness, we can see that we don't need a body to live. You know, we've all heard the near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences. And we see that when we're outside of the body, we maintain identity and personality. The consciousness is fluid. It's not limited to the laws of the universe that the body follows because that's physical. The soul is non-physical and can experience and into the consciousness through many different modalities, uh, remote viewing, meditation, and deliberate uh, telepathic communication. But I will say this, don't go out in your backyard and start trying to talk to non-human entities with your mind until you're well-grounded and very sure about who you're inviting in. Because... There are many things out there. The universe is teeming with life. There's life from the depth of the ocean into all directions in space. Many forms, many in a very humanoid-like body, and some completely without, and some completely different that they would be hard to identify as something you could try to even talk to. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, have you ever seen a UFO or a ET yourself then? Oh, God, yeah. Um, absolutely, I have seen them. And feel free to check out the images on my Facebook page as I have daytime shots of UFOs, um, UFOs over the ocean, UFOs off the highway. And we see them all the time. And my husband, who had never seen them before until me, uh, one time we had a sighting of uh, seven UFOs. Many times together we've seen single UFOs as well. Um, daytime, because I'm very clear. I don't want to see some light in the sky that's ambiguous. And that doesn't really serve anybody's purpose. <laughs> um, so I, when I do you know, want some form of communication, I want it very clear that, you know, that it's a UFO. And there are good pictures. Um, yeah, there might even, I don't, 
don't know if there's any on my website, but there may be in the media page section. So yeah, yeah. we've you have you know, can you call upon them to come or does it through consciousness that they you can see them? Well, I don't know if I can call upon them, but what I can do is sense them when they're in the sky. It's really really kind of funny story. Um, one time I was hosting the desert uh, event called Contact in the desert. It's very big. And of course, it did have all those ancient guys and everybody else there. And and so I was going to an after party and there was like a row of big cameras. And uh, as I'm entering, I said, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and their cameras are all pointed up in the sky and they're like filming for UFOs. And I said, wow, if somebody could just hand me a laser and if you would please all turn your cameras 180 degrees because you're literally in the exact opposite direction. They all turn cameras, I totally scanned the sky, did to three quick spots and there was a huge ufo what we call power up and so everybody would nod and i handed the guy back his laser and carried on into the party it's just a matter of sensing them and when we are mindful when we can move the mind in the body when we can connect we become adept at that then the next step of course is moving the mind outside the body scanning into your environment mm. practice all you got to do is practice so mindfulness and hypnotherapy and meditation start moving the mind and the body sort of say your eyes are closed and you're deep breathing imagine that your mind has eyes in that you're scanning sensing feeling perhaps into the bottom of your feet and then perhaps then feel for a gentle stirring or a slight tingling, as this will be the mind and body connecting. You can see that you can move the mind and the body. When you become very good at that, you can move it into pain. You can help propagate healing. And you, yes, you can move your mind outside of the body, scanning into your environment. You know, many people scan into the environment, hunters and other types of outdoors people. It's pretty natural for us to do we just have to practice it our society doesn't really create a lot of situations for us to do that are you getting more people coming to you now and asking for regression well i'm always very busy um and happy and knock on wood but uh i'm in a clinic in midtown sacramento here and um we have a very full schedule in clinic. And then I have a couple of days a week where I do uh, online sessions. And yeah, the lineup for the online sessions is a, a couple months out uh, to get on the calendar at some point because we're booked. And I see a lot that one of the changes that I'm seeing in the clientele though, is a older clientele in their late 60s, and sometimes early seventies. Well, forward and, now, uh, yeah, they've been too right. frightened in the past to come forward, uh, but deciding to come forward and speak to you now. Right, because now they're older. They want to know what happened to them, and you know how older people are. They don't care what other people think, and so now, maybe before in their younger times, they would tell people about their UFO or alien experience, and they may have been ridiculed. 
Mm. They may have been shut down. They have felt bad about it. And now they just want answers. Do you think, well, I know you probably know this answer. Do you think the government know more what they're letting on to be about, about who visiting this earth? Uh, yes, of course I do. I think they know uh, quite a bit more and uh, they're very uh, interested in knowing what everybody else knows as well. I know that they've had a relationship with them for a very long time and there's not a lot um, that we can do. We've got lots of reports of extraterrestrial UFOs or appearing to be extraterrestrial UFOs shutting down nuclear facilities. Um, they, you know, they've interacted um, on a pretty large scale. And of course, here you see us, uh, we've released, the Pentagon's released those videos of the Naval Air Force chasing UFOs and tracking them. And when the Pentagon changes your verbiage from UFO to UAP, they're taking control over it again. Whenever they change the verbiage they, and create a new branch of investigation, they're stepping it up. So that's exactly do, what they do. you think there's lots of hybrids walking amongst us as well? Hmm. <sighs> that's definitely a possibility. I mean, I'll Although I think that we're already hybrids, so um, to a, a certain degree, I think that uh, Earth is kind of like um, we're like a bunch of pound puppies, and we have all kinds of DNA <laughs> in us. So yeah, there's definitely lots of reports of hybrids on the planet, or just extraterrestrials visiting the planet and trying to pass themselves off as humans. The tall whites that are reported by Charles Hall at the Indian Springs base say that the tall whites actually have a part of the base annexed for them. And because they're kind of similar looking, they can blend in and they've been known to go into places like, because they're close to it, but cities like Las Vegas, and mingle, walk the streets, go to shows, lots of reports of that. <laughs> it's kind of amusing. Um, when we look at the hybridization program through people like uh, Dr. David Jacobs, uh, he believes that they do have the grays are creating hybrids for some form of uh, integration into our society. And that perhaps a lot of the other weather changes and so forth are more terraforming to allow uh, climate change that will accept other types of beings. Now, I'm not sure if that's accurate. I know that there is a lot of concern about a global warming, but one of the things to remember here is that we are literally at the tail end of an ice age and one should expect global warming as it is uh, what the earth does. She heats herself up then she cools herself down it's called expansion and contraction and in doing that there's shifting of our titanic plates which changes the topography sometimes even splitting continents as we've seen from the original pangea of what the earth looked like so it's okay 
I mean, we can't really focus on too much of those things that are really designed to create fear and instability. Um, there's a natural destiny of the earth. And here's the good news. If we don't get it right, we do have another opportunity to do it again, because I do believe that the journey of the soul is in reincarnation or incarnation towards human attainment, which is why I think that the extraterrestrials have a specific hybridization program. I don't really think it's for our genetics mm. per se. I think that they would like to create as we know that those abductor races have a lifespan of that 900 to 1100 years, then they die or their consciousness or more like with them, their knowledge is uploaded into a sort of a hive minded um, reality. So they all draw from the hive mind, but they don't have a soul. And I think that they would like to hijack the ascension of the human and so we're really left believing that we're less than, not as powerful as these other beings. That is not the case, not even a little. They're all interested in us because they see what lies ahead for the human. Look what we've already done. Everything on this planet, we created. We're powerful co-creators. We took granite from the earth and we made steel. And we turn that into swords and cars, satellites and rocket ships. We have built a world. We're incredibly resourceful. All of this from the earth. The, our very cell phones hold crystals that come from the earth. Mm. And the people of the earth are extraordinarily powerful. We're just immature and uneducated in our truth. Is that people, why they're interested in us then? I do believe that that's a huge part of it. Because we can come back, we can live with or with a body. We can, our consciousness can move outside of the body. Upon the death of the body, the consciousness or the soul does carry on. And I say that with all my heart and my full truth, as I've seen it to be true. That's interesting. That is so interesting. You know, how, how do you see the future for mankind then? Well, I have high hopes <laughs> because I personally do see the beauty of mankind. I sense the potential. I know what we're capable of. And I think that collectively, we can unite in a way that allows us to take our next empowered, peaceful step. That's my hope. Now, that would take the following of the patriarchal way, and it would have to allow an opening of uh, feminine energy to have more authority in ruling the world. Because I think that if women were the rulers of the world, um, at this point in history, we would not be at war. We would not be threatening each other with <sighs> annihilation. 
And that's just ridiculous. That's they, a you know, they must look at us blowing ourselves up and think, why, why are these people doing this? That's exactly right. Well, they're they're keeping us distracted. You know, we it's the powers that be, in my opinion, that are extraordinarily corrupt. Uh, there's no need uh, for war. In fact, I think that the world herself is abundant in resources and that there is enough for everybody. The issue is in equality and in equal distribution. And, you know, these are problems that the humans have to see that they can lay down their arms and begin to elevate the mind in working things out when is violence the answer to anything haven't we at least learned that but look at the ukraine and russia um china's got its hackles up which would mean that America has her hackles up. And so we're on the precipice, perhaps, of a larger war. But at the same time, I do think that collectively, the human consciousness can push through that. If we did try, if we worked at alleviating these things in a different way. But right now the answers are who has the biggest, most powerful weapons, North Korea coming out and showing off their next long missile. I mean, really? This is the world we're living in, in the 21st forward thinking century. This is the world we want to leave our children that the answer is whoever has the biggest weapon wins. No, I don't think so. I think it's going to take the mothers of the world to say, you know what? I'm not going to give birth to soldiers. I'll raise a son, but not a soldier. If we stop our sons and daughters from fighting, maybe we would have a say in what's happening, but we will never know that until we speak up and speak out. Just before we go, uh, we haven't got long. Uh, what what do you think about this closure? Will it ever happen? Yeah, it's already happening. I mean, it's a soft disclosure for sure, but um, it's happening a little at a time. But mass disclosure might not be entirely appropriate, as there are still many people who are fear based. So. Individual contact seems to be the way that many of the extraterrestrials have decided. And I don't mean the abductor races. I mean the races that actually communicate in a positive, healthy way. So there is, con there is disclosure for those people, but mass disclosure by a government... Um, and then we're not quite there yet. They're just leaking little things, a mm. <laughs> little bit at a time to get them, them ready. <laughs> well, we've got about seven minutes left. Um, <clears throat> can you tell everybody where they can find you? Um, let's talk about your, your up and coming book as well. Sure. Tell about it. Yeah, so we're just um, uh, hopefully by. November, the extraterrestrial interference uh, will be available to the public. 
I'm hoping by the end of the year to finish five steps to personal empowerment and self-actualization. And I think that these books will help people see things. I mean, I've had thousands and thousands of cases. I've been into the deep jungles of Vietnam on remote islands in the South China Sea and caves. So we've talked to people all over. The information that we have is worldwide information about the extraterrestrial phenomena. So we're hoping to bring that out. Um, you can find me right here in Sacramento. I'm at trueyouhypnotherapy.com. You can email us at info at trueyouhypnotherapy. We're pretty pretty good about answering any questions there. We get a lot of emails, so it takes us a little bit of time. But I'm not on a lot of social media. I'm on a little bit of um, Instagram, a little bit of uh, Facebook. It's just sort of a time-consuming thing that I don't have the time for. You can, yeah. trouble is you can get too involved like, with it. Sorry? You can get too involved with Facebook. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But if people do want more information, I do suggest um, they check out my media page at truehypnotherapy.com. There are several uh, TV shows, both on Gaia, but like I said, on Peacock and other channels, you can see people being regressed. Uh, Some people are hooked up to an EEG so that we can monitor their brainwaves as they're going down. So we know that we're working in the alpha that we're pulling from actual memory uh, so it's very interesting well thank you so much for coming on the show it's been fascinating as usual after all them years 2018 <laughs> yeah well i'm glad we made it through the pandemic <laughs> well we did yes it was a long slog it was especially in the uk yes. Uh, probably yeah. in, in the states as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty long and pretty strange. And you know, most people are unmasked, but we still have people who wear masks. And you know, we it did change things as well. And where mm-hmm. I am in in Bridlington, um, it's been quite it's been ripe again. Lots of people have had it again and again and again. Um, well, thank you so much. I know I've had it twice. I had it. I've had it You're once, welcome. but uh, I didn't have any effects of anything. I was just it was just positive, so I thought I better isolate. I didn't want to pass it on just to anybody else. But there were not. I had no side effects or anything. That's good. So I was yeah, no. quite, I was quite lucky, really. You got a strong um, immunity there. <laughs> yes, I have, yes. Well, thank you so much. It's been lovely. I won't leave it too long this time. Right. Well, it sounds good. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Thank you to Jennifer being the producer of the show. My guest next hey. Wednesday. Um that's the 7th of September, Jessica Jones. She's known as the Cryptid Untress. Uh, a fascinating show next Wednesday. Uh, next Friday, it's Josh Turner. That's Friday the 9th of September. He's a great guest as well. 
I'd like to say good night and God bless wherever you are around the world. Bye for now.